you got your Bibles, uh, I'll be reading down to Daniel 6. I will read, read a little, quite a little bit here. Not uh, Like I said, I don't want to keep you too awfully long, but we will read, um, I think it's going to be the first 23 verses in Daniel 6. So we'll try to get through that and uh, just get on to the message that God has given me. So if you're with me in Daniel chapter, yeah, Daniel chapter 6, start here in verse 1. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred over the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king, and said, Thus said unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled unto his knees three times a day, and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king, uh, the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself, and he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king established may be changed. Then the king commanded that they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And the stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet. And with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went into his palace, and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose uh, very early in the morning, and went in the haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said, Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, 
is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths, and they have not hurt me, forasmuch as before him innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, I have done no hurt. Then the king was exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. Let us uh, open up in prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much uh, for letting us come together and just to read your word, Lord, and for this uh, quick lesson that you've given to us, Lord, even though we've read a lot of scripture, you know, you, the lesson in this, I believe, is short and strong at the same time, Lord, so I just thank you so very much for giving us this and just allowing us to be able to understand it. Just ask that you would be with everyone who would hear this message, Lord, that you would just uh, guide them, Lord, and just bless all of us and just continue to guide us in your word and your will. Forgive us for our sins of where we fall short, and all these things we ask in Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. So, you know, going into Daniel 6, um, you know, one of these, the first things that, you know, you can take into notice here is that the king had looked at Daniel as being somebody very, like, high up and very prestigious and somebody that he wanted to set above everybody else. Now, you get into verse 3, and you find that, that Daniel was preferred above everyone else, but it gives us the reasoning of why, and it says that the, uh, it was because there was an excellent spirit found within Daniel. And, you know, that's something that, you know, as I'm reading that, that speaks true to, you know, basically anybody that, that you see living a Christian life. I mean, you, you look into, uh, you know, a church, or you go to a Christian concert, or anything like that, you can usually, as a Christian, tell if that person has the Spirit of God with them or not. You can tell because that Spirit will bear witness as to if they are right with God or not. And, you know, there's been times that we can go into a church and you can say, well, you know, there wasn't any Spirit there. And to some people that may mean nothing, but, you know, I think that's something that is very um, important here if you go into verse three here that says that the reason that Daniel was so favored was because of the excellent spirit that was within him and you know when people get around us and they see us living a Christian life it's that spirit of God that people should notice it shouldn't be you know oh you know they've made a name for themselves but it's literally just because the spirit of God within me is so compelling to them that they want to be around me so I found that to be interesting that that is why Daniel was favored among everyone else um, so we go into verse four and, and it says that the presidents and princes sought to find an occasion against Daniel. So they wanted to find something that they could uh, basically bring back on Daniel. Something that they could look at and say, well, you know, he's not so great. He's not so perfect. And, you know, you find that it says that they found no occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful Neither was there error or fault found in him. You know, and that's, you know, living a Christian life. I mean, if we live it truly to how the Bible tells us to live it, I mean, people won't find a fault in us because Jesus teaches us to be a loving, compassionate person, someone that stays away from trouble, someone that stays away from sin. You know, and if we were able to follow that, like, to a T and never sin and never do those things, which we know doesn't happen, but if we were to do that, no one could find any fault in us. You know, people couldn't find fault in Jesus but, you know, because they couldn't find fault, they wanted so badly to turn everyone else against them. And we find the same thing happening with Daniel here. You know, I did find it interesting, you know, as you go through the Bible, you'll find that so many of the uh, issues that are brought up come to 
you know, dealings of pride and dealings of uh, jealousy. And, you know, that's exactly what's going on with Daniel here. You, you have these people who are saying, you know, why is Daniel like, you know, what makes him so great? Why is he above the rest of us? So, you know, th- now they're looking so hard to find something that they can, you know, kind of put on the back of Daniel. So they kind of trick the king into, again, it, it, he like put a prideful mindset in the king. They say, well, you know what, you know, why don't you go ahead and make it a law that, you know, the only person that anyone can come to, the only one that uh, anyone could praise is you, king. And, you know, they, they put that mindset in, in the king's head and they put it into his heart. And, you know, they knew that that was the only way that they could get um, anything against Daniel. And, you know, that's something that we should str- uh, strive to have is that if somebody wants to, you know, come against me, they know that they can't get to me, so go to my faith. You know, go to the thing that you know means the most to me. So that kind of shows you how much Daniel's faith meant to him that not only did did he show it but you know the people that was around him saw how important his faith is to him you know and that's something that you know I should strive as a Christian that people see how much love I have for God people see how much love I have for serving others in the name of Christ so you know when somebody can see that and then that's what they want to attack rather than something about me or something you know other like outside of you know my Christian lifestyle you know that's what you know, I should strive for it is that people, you know, that's what people want to attack. And, you know, that's, you know, we find that so so many times, you know, there's so many examples in the Bible that, you know, Jesus says that, you know, they won't reject you, but they're going to reject me. They're not going to reject you. They're going to reject the church and they're going to reject uh, the gospel of, of Christ. So, you know, if we live according to this word, that, that's what we'll find will happen in our lives as well. So uh, moving on, um, we're going to go down to... Uh, just kind of skip down to verse 10 because we've already touched on a little bit on how the king was tricked into making this law. Now in verse 10, it says that Daniel knew that this writing was signed. So he knew that this law had been created. But it says that he went into his house and with his windows like wide open, he goes and he prays still three times a day to God. And you know, people can look at this and say, okay, well he was just very ignorant and he didn't care. Or they can say, okay, well he was very courageous because he still chose to go and still pray even though he knows... You know, there's these things going against him that he can still go and pray to God and have that faith. And, you know, that's what will happen with us, you know, because um, basically anything that we do for God, you're not going to please everybody in it. So somebody will look at you and say, well, you know, why are you doing this? You know, that's not the way that I would do it. And they'll either look at you and say, well, the thing that you're doing for God is ignorant. Or they'll look at you and say that the God, the thing you're doing for God is something great, something courageous. And, you know, that's what I found here, is, you know, as Daniel's going, even though he knows all this can come back on him, he can go to jail, he can go and be punished. It says that he went with his windows wide open and he still praised God. And it says that he did as he'd done aforetime. So nothing changed. You know, it doesn't matter uh, the consequences that were coming back on him. He still lived that same Christian life that he was already living. And that's something that I found very uh, powerful in the testimony of Daniel is that he just, he didn't change. He didn't let any fear come over him. And he didn't let those things kind of control his mind or control his actions. And that's what so many people do now in the church. They'll let fear control their actions and they'll change things because of consequences that could come. So that's something that I found to be very uh, powerful and important, at least in my eyes, looking into this. So, you know, I kind of want to move on a little bit more. Uh, we're going to skip down to verse 16 now because, you know, again, we kind of, a, a lot of this is almost re- repetitive as far as what's like the story that's coming up about the jealousy and the pride going against Daniel. So we skip down to verse 16. 
it says that the king had finally commanded that Daniel be brought and cast into the lion's den because at this point, you know, uh, these people are saying, well, you know, you've you made this law. I mean, now if if you go against that, then you're a hypocrite. Nobody's going to listen to you after today. So they've kind of tricked him once again into actually casting Daniel to go into the den of lions. And then it, in verse 17. Oh, actually, before before I move there, I want to also note that the king himself, when he was sending Daniel into the lion's den, he even himself went against his own law that he made, because he ends up saying, "Thy God, whom thou serve continuously, He will deliver uh, deliver thee." So he's in that moment, in his own way, showing praise to the same God that Daniel is serving, because he's saying, "He will deliver you from this." So he had that confidence that, okay, yes, this God that I know that you serve, this God that you're praying to, the God that um, it put you here, he will deliver you out of here. So we found that, you know, even he goes against his own law that he made. So now we go into verse 17 and we find, you know, that basically he went through with his word and he made all those, he, you know, he sealed that chamber down and he made sure that he wasn't getting out of that. But I do find that. You know, as you go into verse 18, it says that the king went back to his palace, and it says that he passed the night fasting, he didn't have any music brought, he, you know, he was basically dealing with so much, like, turmoil that he even sent Daniel there, because, you know, he knew that he had put an innocent man in the place of death, he knew that he put him in a place that he wouldn't be able to fight for himself, and it was basically like, there's no coming back from this, so all night he's dealing with uh this grief and he's dealing with probably um you know like probably guilt as he's going through this and it reminds me you know of, of when we read about uh Pontius Pilate and he was sending Jesus uh for his uh to, to be crucified you know his wife had had dreams about Jesus and she said no this guy he he's innocent you know you shouldn't do this and you know it, it brought me back to that cuz it was like the spirit of God is almost convicting these people to say, this is an innocent man, you shouldn't do this to, to these people. So it was like this conviction coming over the king himself. And I find it interesting too that in verse 19 it says that he arose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. So he like probably barely slept at all, but like the first thing in the morning he like sprinted down to, to find Daniel. And, uh, you know, it says in verse 20, when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice. Now, um, you know, I looked that up. The word lamentable basically means that he had so much, like, worry in his uh, voice. Like, he was, you know, he was grieving over Daniel already. Like, he was so worried that he's going to come and find him dead. He didn't want to find him dead he, because he uh, really cherished Daniel. You know, that's why he had him in the position that he had him in. But he says he called him to Daniel. And he said, Daniel, O servant of the li er, servant of the living God, he said, is that God that you serve? Was he able to deliver you from the lions? So he asked him that question. You know, you know, just a couple of verses ago, he told Daniel that this God that you serve will deliver you. And now he's like backing up and asking the questions. Did he? You know, did he spare you from being eaten by the lions? And then in verse 21, it says that Daniel had answered and said, O king, live forever. And then he gives the uh, answer that, you know, God sent an angel and he shut the mouth of the lions. And then in verse 23, which is where we would close out at, it says that the king was glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found in him because he believed in his God. So, you know, kind of, looking into this and like finishing out um as far as like bringing this 
example that the Bible gives us and bringing it into our own lives. You know, I'd, obviously we're not going to get thrown in the den of lions, but there's different like spiritual things that we're going to get thrown into and in these situations, especially like what Daniel was dealing with where people say, well, you can't do this anymore. You can't serve God. You can't go to church or do these things. And Daniel stayed courageous and he continued to do the things in his Christian life that he was already doing. He didn't let those things change him. And then, you know, in verse, you know, looking back in verse 20, when when the king had asked, you know, is God able to deliver you from these things? You know, it's important to me that it's the other people that are asking us that question, not us ourselves. It's not us questioning God, saying, well, God, will you deliver me from this? See, we should have that confidence that Daniel had when he went into the den of lions, that Daniel just had that faith that he's going to deliver him, that he would close the mouths of the lions. But, you know, that's what's important to me is that it's somebody else is asking those questions and not ourselves because, you know, when we start asking those questions, we start to have that doubt and fear come in that shouldn't come in because we know, uh, you know, what the Bible promises us, that God will never leave us nor forsake us. So that's something that I want to focus on is make sure that our faith is this unwavering faith that God had told us to have. You know, you look into verse 23, and it's kind of going hand in hand with what, I would, what I'm just saying here. In verse 23, it says that no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. So, you know, with that closing out, it was just that it was literally the faith that Daniel had in God. That's the reason that no hurt was found upon him. The reason that, you know, he lived another day, that he lived through that night is because of his faith in God. You know, if he had let that fear set in and he didn't have full confidence that God was going to deliver him from that, you know, because, you know, any time that Jesus would perform a miracle, he always asked, do you believe that I can do these things? So I think that our faith and how strong our faith is is such an important aspect of our Christian life. So, you know, that's what I really take from this, you know, one of the most commonly known stories of Daniel is, you know, you know, we look at that as being, you know, God was so powerful, but you got to look at the faith that he had too. And, you know, like I said, closing out with that, it's like, that's what we have to ask ourselves is, is do we have that the same type of faith that Daniel had that we would just have full confidence that God's going to deliver us through this? Or do we do what I feel a lot of people do and have that faith that the Israelites had as they were traveling in the desert and said, well, you know, why am I here? Why are we doing this? So, you know, that's what I what I think is a, a good reflection with this message is, you know, how strong is my faith in God? I mean, do I trust Him fully or do I or do I just give up every time it gets a little bit rough? Um, so with all that said, hopefully something has uh, encouraged you and helped you in some way to not. Um, like I said, there was a lot of reading for a short message, but um, I just want to be faithful and confident that God's got a work planned and uh, just plan on being back next week uh we'll be at south point church again on wednesday night we'll bring a message for them we'll go live with them when we're there uh, just continue to pray for us and to be with us um, but we'll finish out in prayer dear gracious heavenly father god we thank you so much for bringing us together tonight bring thank you for the message that you've given to us lord and just ask that you would be with all those that have listened and all those that will listen on later. But we just ask that you would continue to guide us, guide us through this work week as we uh, go back to work. And uh, just keep us safe and healthy, protect us from the sickness, and uh, just continue to show us where you have us to be. Continue to guide us in your word, guide us in your will, and give us uh, the strength to push forward. Uh, just, like I said, forgive us for our sins where we fall short. And 
Lord, just help us to stay obedient to you and all these things we ask in Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen.